Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. All right, Greg, we're back. Dave, we're back. Dave, are you getting the echo in the ear that I am? I am. <laughs> now, I know, like typical, we're not allowed talking about uh, the oh, actual right. production yes. studio itself. So we, but, that's but how it's we really start the podcast. really kind of neat because we're starting this podcast. we got the headphones in. And it's almost like we're hearing each other's voices twice. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, hopefully the viewer does or the uh, audience doesn't hear it. <laughs> viewer, whatever. Um, We're not, are we recording? Are we? Is this? Is there? Is there video as well? Yeah, of course. No, okay. not today. So we got a really cool guest now. But before we get to our guest, what's new and, and exciting in your life, man? Well, uh, the crew from Hemming South just got back from Africa. We were shooting in uh, Ghana. Uh, and before that, the same crew is in San Francisco, Portland, Oregon, wow. Vancouver, Calgary, North Carolina on this very cool project that we're doing with one of our former uh, guests on the show, Marcel LeBron. Um, doing really? this amazing project called 12 Neighbors. Uh, and you'll learn much more. As long as you stay tuned on The Boiling Point, you'll hear more okay. about that pro- But isn't it cool that... We are doing collaborations with previous guests yeah. of the Boiling Point yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah. and perhaps maybe today with our very special guest Cody Royal, that might be the same well, case. We'll, and, we'll see, right? And, yeah. And I was gonna say, did you make it to Australia? Because I believe Cody is originally well, from Australia. Cody, um, welcome to the the Boiling Point. I have to say, right before I got here, I literally got sucked into a YouTube uh, rabbit hole of watching shark attack videos, and they were all filmed off the coast of australia so that that is my link to bringing you in to the boiling point cody welcome that's the best introduction i've had thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> well and and we love our guests to introduce themselves because they do we we massacre it um as a reference to well, uh to I, sharks I wouldn't say off massacre, but but if if it was us um cody we we would say things like um you know, Cody has spent the last year interviewing execs, coaches, and players across pro sports <laughs> to find out secrets behind how they get a competitive advantage out of their people. And the major learnings were... <laughs> See, that is really good, but it's better to hear from your voice. Exactly. Cody, over to you, my friend. Well, I think uh, I think people just want to hear about sharks now. Um, <laughs> so we've, uh, I think we've changed the topic. <laughs> you want, we can talk whatever you want to talk about, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I'm the national team head coach for the Australian Rules football team. Um, I spent um, uh, roughly 10 years in the corporate world and have since left and joined a buddy of mine. We have a, a sports marketing business that runs out of Vancouver, Canada. So the, the book is kind of a culmination of my sporting experience as a coach and then marrying that with kind of the the way teams work in the corporate world and, and trying to close the gap between those two. Now for, for guests that don't under just, just, I mean, we want to get into the book obviously, but, but, um, Aussie rule football for those that don't, and, and it's team Canada, correct? That you're the head coach of. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, the, as you know, Canadians, you know, they love their hockey or in some cases, a guy like Greg just has no real affiliation with any I sport. I just listen to the great um, But, <laughs> but, but for someone that doesn't understand Aussie football, maybe it'd be really, that'd be a good place to start because, um, because it's a really brilliant sport, man. Yeah, it absolutely is. And it's really taking off across Canada. We're in seven or eight provinces now. 
the um, the largest league outside of Australia is in Toronto or Ontario. There's ten teams here. Really? Uh, and uh, yeah, um, and if you've come home late from a bar one night or you've been out to dinner with friends and you switch on TSN two, you might have seen a, a professional game. There's uh, I think one or two live games every week on TSN two now. Um, so it, it's kind of a mixture of rugby, hockey, basketball. It's got skills from about five or six different sports, uh, which is also why you know kids that come out of Canadian universities and don't have an avenue to continue to be competitive in their sport, they switch to Aussie rules. And and, and what's how do you explain the interest in Canada? I know, and and I'm just because I'm just very curious. That's that's very cool. I did not know that that we would be, um, you know, Toronto would be the host or one of the largest outside of Australia um, leagues. Yeah, um, I think it is that open age competitive league. Um, so we get a lot of athletes from uh, those sports that I mentioned and really they're just, they're looking to do something after university. Um, but there's also elements that appeal to them like um, body to body contact. Um, you know, for the people that have played rugby, for instance, in university, um, you know, there's still that, that contact element or there's the skill element with, uh, with the ball or there's the jumping and, and catching the ball like in basketball. And so, um, yeah, you, you wouldn't expect it, but um, our, our women previously were the world champions uh, in 2011 um, and our men are in the top uh, six or seven in the world as well. Wow. So, and 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 for you, um, uh, and again, this uh, and I, I certainly want to get into the book, and um, but I'm just curious about um, just the whole Canadian culture and and its fascination with with um, Aussie rules football. Do you, you know, as a uh, you know living in Canada, do you see culturally, you know, there's some similarities between our two countries? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the one thing I think that, that I've loved is being able to um, kind of take skills that um, players bring to me like they come from a hockey background as an example so a, a lot of the skills are transferable um, uh, from you know other other sports into Aussie rules but also the the mentality of it and how we like to play which you know you watch the the national hockey teams play and it's very physical and um, you know, there's a particular style and, and that's exactly what we're looking for. So there's, there's a physical side of it, which um, matches up in Canada, but there's also the mental side of it where guys don't mind, you know, taking a hit or getting kind of down and dirty, you know, below the, the crease and things like that. <laughs> totally. I, okay. That's very cool. So you got, so you, you've got a chance to get out there and, and what's interesting is the process of, for you to, to learn more, the, you know, kind of these secrets, as you say, behind it, you know, getting a competitive advantage was through interviews. And, and, and what Greg and I find interesting about that is that's exactly that's what, what we're doing, doing in, in a different, you know, in a different <laughs> way and looking for different nuggets. Um, tell us yeah. a little bit about the process of, of, you know, interviewing and you, you interviewed some pretty incredible people too in terms of athletes and I'm, I'm guessing execs as well. Yeah. Um, really, I use that process to validate some of the ideas that I was having. So the foundation of the book really came from, you know, on a Saturday and a Sunday, I'd go out and coach this high-level sporting team and then I'd walk into the corporate environment um, Monday to Friday and, and just look at how teams operated and how people were being set up or not set up for success 
in the business world. Um, and I, I saw it as being that sport is probably decades ahead in terms of their understanding of teams and what makes teams successful. And so I wanted to go and speak to some people from professional sporting organizations, you know, execs and coaches and players to validate those ideas. So I wasn't coming to market with just a couple of angry blogs and saying, you know, the corporate world needs to be better in terms of how their people operate. Um, so, yeah, I was able to interview people like Ralph Kruger, who Canadians will know as the former head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. He now is the chairman of Southampton Football Club in the Premier League. I uh, got in touch with um, Joe Dumas, who's an NBA Hall of Famer and yeah. built the Detroit Pistons team that um, won the title in 2004. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I literally went after global sports. Um, so there were examples from all around the world, and, and I didn't really want to be North American specific. I wanted to kind of branch out and show that these team examples and these people examples were global. You know what's really interesting about all this is, uh, Cody, Dave, and I go. We go back maybe eleven years, probably Dave or yeah. so. Um, and uh, when we first started hanging out, um, Dave's got an executive coaching company, and I've got a film company. Yep. And our first project together was doing a documentary uh, called "The Airplane Journals," and we literally flew around the world interviewing coaches of all sorts, from Joe Crozier from uh, Buffalo Sabers. Is that right? Am I making, yeah, yeah, making an ass yeah, of myself? Yeah. Um, we had piano coaches. We had uh, who else did we interviewed, Dave? Like, there's so surf many different coaches, surf, acting coaches, acting coaches. Everybody just about to get what the essence of coaching was, and um, and then how that c- can apply to the executive space. So it's kind of neat. We've kind of done this a similar thing, but in the form of documentary. Now it's quite old now, but the principles are really uh, quite similar and it's it's uh, it, it's really exciting to see that you're seeing that that connection between sport and uh, coaching and leadership uh, in in the business sense what would you say one of the the, the biggest breakthroughs for you was um, I'd say the biggest breakthrough across the the whole spectrum of what I've talked about so I, I I've broken it down into four sections there's recruitment leadership culture and high performance just as four that are very um, very common terms, very easy easy to understand. Um, but I think the key learning was that across all four of those disciplines, but particularly in leadership and coaching, is there's, in the sporting world especially, there's a distinctly human element to everything that happens. Um, so as we continue to, you know, evolve with technology and technology keeps taking over, um, things like recruitment, and um, but the, the best organizations and the best people and most successful coaches and executives have this human edge to everything that they do that kind of supersedes everything else. And you don't really hear those stories in the media, but, you know, Joe Dumas was telling me that one of the the things that he'd committed to was in trying to motivate his players, all it took was, you know, like a nod or a wink in the, in the locker room to kind of say, I believe in you. Um, and I'm going to stand by you, on a, you know, on a daily basis, and it just adds up over time. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, the, the the common thread through everyone, from CEOs who are successful to, um, you know, pro coaches, like I interviewed Igor Kokoskov, who's the current Utah Jazz assistant coach. He was the same. He, it's just I'm there to 
um, set my people up for success. And there was just this yeah, really human portion to everyone that I spoke to. And you know, for for you, Cody, like, how do you think that what you learned um, through these interviews, and you know, probably what you observed yourself around leadership, you know, how, how like how is that different than maybe the the stories that are being told about the kind of the type of leader that that is required to be successful? Yeah, I wrote quite a bit in the book about um, tenure or experience right. and kind of my, my disdain for both of those right. um, in terms of there's this thought, I think, in business that um, tenure leads to leadership or experience equals leadership. Um, and uh, that was one of the key things that I took away from speaking to these people is none of it matters really like leadership is a, is a market as far as I'm concerned and the market fluctuates every day. And really it should be about, are you making good decisions today? Um, and if you're not, perhaps it's time for someone else to kind of, you know, take the leadership role, um, which is what you see in, in professional sports. I know there's a lot of, a lot of discussion around, you know, how quickly they fire head coaches in pro sport as an example. But that's just another example of the market operating. And um, I don't necessarily see um, that translating directly. I think there's lessons from that that I've tried to bring to the fore. It's not about operating like a sporting team, but it's about kind of looking at it and identifying some of the lessons and then trying to implement similar things that are relevant to your business. The... Um the other thing that you you speak about a little bit is the equation, like the high performance equation in sports is suggesting that performance equals capacity minus fatigue, and you're proposing that business should should look at uh, at that equation as well. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. That was a, a relatively late addition to the book. I I got an opportunity to speak to Dr. Craig Duncan, who is the head of sports science for the Australian Football Federation, so our national teams in soccer. And uh, he gave a, a TEDx talk about that exact topic. Um, and really it was about finding ways to identify what performance is in whatever discipline you're in. He actually gave the TEDx talk about healthcare, but he used that equation um, to talk about something that he went through um, as a health issue and, and how that exact same equation or measuring that equation uh, potentially could have helped him avoid um, uh, spending time in hospital with a heart condition. And then you start to kind of think about that in a business perspective and the notion that we were basically stuck ourselves in this. We perform between nine and five, Monday to Friday. Um, there's no no discussion about fatigue as an example uh, and that can mean different things for different businesses but um, yeah there's just uh, I think there's really room for us to improve on how we measure ourselves in the workplace and how we measure performance and if nothing else that equation should spark a, a conversation in businesses to say well what actually is performance as it pertains to us um, but yeah I, I would recommend if you look up Dr. Craig Duncan and his TEDx talk. Um, it's online and it, it, it's it's quite interesting. 
Also, uh, Cody, the discussions about, you know, uh, your book is kind of broken down to three different themes of recruitment, leadership, and culture. Let's talk about recruitment for a minute. That's a real hot topic sure. right now where, especially with the millennial generation, which is far more fluid with their choices of, of work uh, and places they want to work and, and keeping and retaining um, talent seems to be a lot more difficult than it was a generation ago. Why don't we hear your thoughts on, on recruitment from some of the uh, interviews that you've been uh, conducting? Yeah, it's a topic that's close to my heart. I spent most of my corporate career in HR and recruitment disciplines, um, both in Australia and Canada. The thing that I think is, or the thing that remains untested in those anecdotes is the fact that we're still using the same job application slash interviewing methodologies that we were using uh, in the industrial era. So we haven't actually adjusted any of that to the millennial generation, as we call them. And so I think there's there's some real improvements that come from, um, you know, you talk about the New England Patriots and how, how they recruit. The reason that they're better than everyone else is they ask better questions and um, they they dig into things that they find valuable in the recruitment process. So they're not asking the same old questions, tell me about a time when you dealt with adversity and how you overcame it. Um, you know, um, they're actually kind of tailoring their questions to find out things that can help them set that person up for success. And so in, you know, how that translates into the business world is uh, I would say that you can throw away the old interview guide and basically rewrite it as an opportunity to find out more about the people that you're bringing into the organization. And, and what that means is like more about the person. Like, what can they do? Where do they see themselves? How how can I motivate you uh, once you're on the job? So spend less time talking about whether they can do the job. The fact that they're at the interview in the first place should mean that they can do the job. You should be able to garner that from the resume. And more time talking about what do you want to do? Like, where can I help you get to? Um, if, the, if the statistics say that you're only going to stay here for two years, What's the next step for you in two years' time and how can I help you get there? I would say that that perspective is going to change how you interact with the millennial generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, it's funny you bring up, and I know another area is, is culture you want to talk about or, or that you have a theme that certainly came out in the interviews. But, you know, and, and you mentioned the New England Patriots. And, um, and I, you know, I didn't know that about that whole recruitment thing. So I, I'd like, actually, that's something I'd like to dig into more at some point to learn more about because I, I, I didn't know they had a, um, they were, it doesn't surprise me, but I, I don't know anything about their, you know, kind of how they recruit and the questions they ask and that kind of stuff. But they, they've got an amazing ability to bring, you know, superstars into their team, but culturally you're, you're, you, you, you know, you kind of all operate at the same level, right? And there's no, there's no real franchise player, if you ask me and the Patriots. I mean, I guess Tom Brady could be potentially, but, but, um, but so they have a, they have a culture and they have leadership that really, you know, sets the tone. Um, so, so, you know, and, you know, as it relates to, to culture, Cody, and actually I read a, you know, one of the best books I ever read in culture was, um, was this guy that wrote about the, um, New Zealand All Blacks 
and and how they how they set up culture of success you know from from really kind of a an, you know at a place where they were really quite dismal um, and they had and they became you know they started to um, they were living you know you talk about tenure they were living on their their um, past you know um, you know awards and past performance and and they were starting to suffer and they really focused on culture and turned around it's quite a fascinating book what what did you find out about culture when you did these interviews and and how relevant it is and and how to how to have a high performance culture just to go back uh, there is a, a really good um, book called War Room which is about how the Patriots recruit. Uh, it's by Michael Holly. Okay. I'd recommend having a look into that. It kind of follows most of the key players through their successful generation. Um, that's funny you mentioned Legacy, the book. I, I was just exchanging oh, yeah, that's it. emails that's actually with... Yeah. Yeah. I, it's awesome. Just this morning, I've been exchanging emails with James Kerr, uh, who authored that book. Really? Um and, uh, yeah, the, it's funny that the Patriots and, and, and All Blacks and the, kind of the, the cultural elements behind those two organizations um, are fascinating. And there's, there's so much to learn from what they've both been able to achieve. Um, but one thing that I would say in, in the people that I've spoken to and, and the anecdotes that I've heard is that it actually isn't the – it isn't a top-down culture at either place um and ted sunquist who used to be the former general manager of the denver broncos um he said this to me in in the interview as well where he'd spoken to uh scott pioli who was the general manager of the patriots and and scott had told him that basically bill belichick and scott pioli didn't do anything in terms of um keeping the the culture together it was 100 percent the players and I think there's some real strength in that, and, and that's where the real learning is for me in yeah. terms of the, the corporate side of things, where it, it shouldn't be the manager sitting there keeping an eye on everyone. Right. It's it's enrolling the entire team in the fact that you're on this quest together and have them regulate themselves, which allows the manager to basically take a step back and be able to lead, um, rather than getting bogged down in... You know, all the, the stuff that managers do now, approving timesheets and this and that and being at meetings and having to keep an eye on someone and disciplining this person. The high-performing teams like the All Blacks, like the Patriots, they push all that down onto the team. And so, you know, the captains would dish out the, the discipline. And people letting each other down, it all comes back to the team. So you're letting your teammates down. You know, taking a sick day, you'd be letting your teammates down, not the manager down. Um it creates such a different environment in the workplace. Totally, and I'm, and thank you for reminding me of the name of that book, Legacy. It is such an awesome book, Greg. Like, <laughs> as, it's a great business book, and um, and it was interesting about that whole idea of, of like you say, uh, Cody, like pushing it down to the players, or or actually coming, from, you know, the players are actually pushing it up, but just creating that opportunity for people to to set the tone. Um, very, very cool. So, well, we're, we're just at the tail end here. What I wanted to, a couple questions. Well, first off, I mean, so sure. so someone listening to this goes, man, I want to read this book. I want to learn more about Cody. How do they do that? Yeah, so the book's available through Amazon. Um, it's called Where Others Won't. And uh, you can also, I, I've started a blog to kind of continue the conversations um, and, and interviews for the next couple of years as well. So whereotherswont.com will continually update the ideas that are in the book and, and provide more and more information as we get into um, 2018 and 2019. And then the last thing that I'd mention is where uh, I'm working with a, an Irish journalist, uh, Owen O'Callaghan, on pulling together 
um, some keynote events uh, in Canada and the UK and, and the US as well. So keep an eye out for those. Right on. That is fantastic. Yeah. And just, yeah, just as a reminder, folks, go to Amazon or check out the book at whereotherswon't.com. And this is awesome, Cody. Thanks so much for sharing this. It's uh, One final so, question, yeah, yeah. though. One final yeah. question, if I may. Of all the people you interviewed, who was the, what was the most challenging interview you had? The most challenging? Yeah. Interesting. Um, I would say that... Um, well, my favorite one, I've told everyone this, was Ralph Kruger. Um, just such a down-to-earth guy. But I'd say Joe Dumas was probably the toughest because someone that I looked up to growing up, the NBA in the 90s was huge yeah. and in Australia. And, and so, you know, you end up talking to these people and I just didn't know what to say. <laughs> Uh, you know what? That's why. That's why I have a co-host, Greg, on this podcast. <laughs> Between the two of us, because we're always in awe of all of our guests. Yeah, and you, you're and sometimes we're like, speechless. You're like, geez, what do I? I don't know. So Greg will jump in and oh, save my. Good. That's really cool. And then last thing I was just going to mention is that you you found us um, via uh, Dragons Den. I think we we're on, on their list a couple of years in a row, and you, and you have a little yeah. interaction with them as well. It'd be kind of neat. Are you allowed to talk about that, or is that uh, is that is that um, we're got to be in the lowdown right now? No, no, we, we filmed, uh, my business is called NTSQ Sports, and we have a little sports marketing and event agency um, in endurance sports, so triathlon and cycling. Um, so we, we pitched to them, I can't say how it went, but um, mm-hmm. hoping to see that go to air. And I was looking through their content and trying to find some new podcasts, and yours came up, so I was very happy to connect with you guys. Yeah, right on. Well, thank. Well, good. Well, I can't wait to hear how the Dragons Den thing goes, and um, and thank you for taking the time to reach out, man. And um, very cool to hear. I, I, you know, and let us know. Like, certainly ping us and let us know where you're speaking and when you're speaking that because we, you know, really like to help help promote what you guys are doing. Awesome. Thanks a lot, lads. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks, thanks Cody. Cody. Have a great one, man. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Bye. I think uh, that was a really awesome conversation about the 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 parallels between you know competitive sport yeah. and what we do on a daily basis in running businesses yeah. like and, and the all blacks believe it or not dave i do know about uh, the all blacks and of, of course it's the hawkeye that is it is yeah. so cool to see yeah. as a team yeah. i think it symbolizes a number of things but one thing is they all believe in that same direction they're going in. And, you know, just the way they show up, yeah. you know. Um, oh, it's amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you brought that one up because that's, yeah. that, that's one sports reference I do know. Yes. Well, and, then, and you know, <laughs> and, and there is such an intersection. There's, I mean, you talk to a lot of people who played sports growing up and, and it, it certainly resonates in how they lead, right? Yeah. And I don't yeah, think yeah. you need to play sports, but, but I mean, there's certainly a place there and that's, and there's really neat, you know, I, as I'm involved in kids sports, you know, you just see, it's not really about helping the kids be professional athletes. Right, it's actually course. helping kids be, um, you know, grow and develop as, as leaders, you know, and, and there's just, you know, I, I just, I'm so thankful for some of that experience I had, you know, working within a team and, you know, just, and all stuff that has very little to do with the sport itself, but just, you know, how you, how you get energized around a goal and all kind of stuff. So, but I love his format, interview format, learning I, through interviews. And I we, wonder who else does yeah, that. Yeah, we got some, we got some, you know, stay tuned, but we got some information. Oh on yeah, that. some really, yeah, very much so. Um, the other thing I was going to say, Dave, is I've been typing away here because one of the little secrets, I mean, when people ask me, even this morning, Kitty Wall saw me today and said, 
So what? What? Tell me about the boiling point. Why? Like, why do you guys do this? Because it's, it's almost like all of our friends know that we we're not making money on this. Like, why are you doing this? Well, I learned so much from our guests. Yeah. And on Friday, this Friday, I'm speaking to all levels of of uh, all levels of government. But like, uh, um, I've been asked to come and, and present the millennial dream and these concepts to all of the uh, leadership in the province of New Brunswick. Cool. And. I'm typing away here during his interview because I'm, I've got all these ideas I want to share right. with them. That's what I'm typing right now, you know, uh, which is which is really cool. So that's one of the reasons why I love doing this. Why, why don't we close on one of the reasons why you love doing this? Because I get to hang out with you, man. That's it. Yeah. Hey. That's right. And then occasionally there's uh, some pops in here. And, and no, it's fun, man, learning a lot. And, um, and we, you know, we had a goal of just doing it for the, the, ex, the like we're surprised. I mean, to be honest, I, we kind of are both surprised that as many people listen to the podcast as 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 with no advertising. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, and 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 so we said, well, let's get some traction and let's get a foundation and then let's figure out what we're going to do with this. And we both, you know, we want to do something and we're both going to do something. We're you know, together collaboratively and we're going to have it out in a little while. And people will go, oh, that's why they did. It. Now we didn't know this. We're going to do this a year ago, but we, you know, it makes a bunch of sense now. And like Steve Jobs says, you can connect the dots looking back. And the funny thing is, because we're always like eight weeks ahead of release, there's a very good chance when people hear this particular episode, they're going to be like, why are they being all secretive about what they're about to launch? <laughs> yeah, good point. Because they've already <laughs> launched it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's but, good, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, for, for, for just for people that were, um, that, you know, have listed as a reminder, uh, it's whereotherswont.com. Cody Royal, a uh, very cool guy, and uh, I think he's got. I, I, you know, that's a that's a good read. And the, and the fact that he's interacting with all these cool um, athletes, and and he's been in touch with the author of Legacy. Man, that's a brilliant book. And so he's he he's he's he knows what he's doing. He's running the right crowds. That is thanks, cool. Cody. That is cool. Thanks, Cody. And thank you to the listeners. And uh, definitely stay tuned. And if anybody feels inspired. Check us out on on Patreon as well. We uh, we always appreciate everybody's support uh, to keep this podcast moving and shaking. And that is all I have to say on that. So have an awesome week, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.